Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello everybody, welcome to Wessex LMC's podcast. My name is Louise Greenwood, Director of Education, and I'm talking today about Time for Care, and I'm talking to Sue and Jane. Sue, I wonder whether you could introduce yourself, please. Um, my name is Sue Scott, I'm a practice manager in the Therum area. I've been a practice manager for 20 plus years, unfortunately, um, So, and have, have worked in quite a few surgeries now and do quite a bit of work for the LMC as a practice manager supporter. Lovely, thank you Sue. And Jane? Uh, Hello everybody, my name is Jane Dawes. I'm a practice manager and a partner in the Blackmore Vale Partnership in North Dorset. We're quite a large practice of about 26,000 patients Um, and previously worked with Dorset Health Authority, PCTs and was many, many years ago um, a practice manager in uh, Weymouth as well. So Lovely. Thank you, Jane. So we're talking about time for care and obviously um, two very experienced practice managers. But when I mentioned time for care, both of you got very excited and said it had been fantastic and where you are working. So that's why we're having a conversation now to try and explain a little bit more about this process and what it is and to perhaps encourage other practice managers to get involved. So, Sue, time for care. What is it and how did you first hear about it? Um. I first heard about it from one of our respiratory nurses who came to me to say that she'd seen something about them and that they could help you develop a service or transform a service and she would really like to be involved in that Um, and would I join a call with her to discuss that. So I had heard about them before but I'd never really done any work with them and I must admit I was a bit sceptical because I thought oh crumbs it's come from NHS England it'll be another one of these things that you know is all very very theoretical and when you get to it it's it's not much help um so I said yes but with kind of really clouded vision and wasn't expecting very much from it really so you had quite a specific plan in mind is you talk about respiratory and nursing when you were sort of approached them or heard what they had had to offer yeah. and so yeah. and did that help you does, does it help if we're going to get involved in any sort of I guess it's project management is it or change management it's is change it management mm-hmm. I think more than more than anything and I think if you do have a specific goal then they they can help you work through that so our project was going to be to restart spirometry after COVID um, and it was going to involve all of the rules that we now had to abide by. You know, the whole procedure was going to be have, have to be done very differently and we were hoping that we could, uh, currently our respiratory nurses are doing that and we really wanted our HCAs to start doing it and we had already pre-COVID booked them in for the training and so what I was hoping to gain from it was a way of getting those HCA's um, clinics working as efficiently as possible um, for the patients with maybe a one-stop shop that they came with their spirometry and then went and had their respiratory appointment. What I didn't realise at the time was that my respiratory nurse had a completely different agenda. (laughs) There's always the people involved, isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) So obviously you talk about COVID, so this is a very current issue. This is something that you've been looking at over the last, must be six months. Yeah. 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 Okay, lovely. Jane, how did you first get involved with Time for Care and why did you get involved with them? 
So I can't really remember how I first heard about it. I think it must have been either via an email or our senior partner, Simone, who's also the clinical director for our primary care network. Um, and again, I was quite sceptical, just thinking, oh, God, not another great idea from the NHS. Um, we, the, the reason we first signed up, so we, we signed up as a practice and we're, there's two practices in our PCN and the other practice that we work with, Gilliam, signed up um, as well as a practice. And initially what we wanted to do is to look at what has been great, uh, maybe that's the wrong words, but during COVID, what are the really great things that we've managed to do and achieve that we don't want to lose and we don't want to go back to um, how we were working before? So it's kind of just, um, focusing really as a practice on on all of those uh, really innovative things that have worked incredibly well and how could we do that and maintain it and sustain it so we both separately as practices worked with uh, Time for Care um, and went through some sessions and what was really uh, helpful was despite us thinking that we're very approachable and we engage with our staff and we ask people for their thoughts and views, actually this gave us um, a sort of structure, if you like, to actually really do that. And our staff were involved in our salary GPs and they really appreciated that and their voice mattered. Um, in the sort of decision-making about, because they, they lead you through a process. So, they ask you lots and lots of questions and then they report back with feedback on the sessions and then from that kind of pick out the bits that need to go forward. But what was what was so lovely to see is everybody being engaged in it. And I think lots of people were sceptical, but they really liked it. And it's, it's very high quality, um, the people who work with you. Um, do you want me to say about primary care networks as well, about that, that work? Yeah, we'll, we'll just pause at a moment, Joe. I'll just put the thanks. But um, Sue, did you, was it the same with you, that they came in and they asked lots and lots of questions? Um, they, did, they didn't come in because of COVID. They had mm. to do it remotely. Interesting. Um, okay. They did ask lots of questions to get the background behind it. Yeah. They and I both agreed that it is much better when you're in the room. Mm. because you can pick up on things and so I think it's not such a positive experience I mean I have found it really positive via via um, uh, a website call I can imagine if they're in the room it is incredibly powerful actually Even better. because they are mm. they're very very knowledgeable um, and the people that we had one of them was a GP as well so she knew how GP land worked so she could see it from the other side too. And all of them, they do ask lots of questions and um, get information, but they also challenge some of the thinking, which, mm. you know, is very difficult for us to do if we're trying to move things forward. Yeah. Because, right. you know... Yeah. And also if you're in the sort of cut and thrust of it yourself, it's very difficult to actually accurately, I think, pull those themes out about what is it we're we're going to take forward and, and what's working and what isn't so yeah yeah that's encouraging so obviously the time for care team they really get primary care yeah yeah so you didn't have to start from scratch with that because that's one of the worries about some sort of consultants um with yeah. coming in is they they might be bright people but they actually don't get primary care so if you don't have to start from scratch with that that would have been helpful 
Mm, absolutely and they do interrogate your thinking too so when you're kind of like suggesting something they, they're doing it all on the screen in front of you and you can see them drawing like little sti um, sticky notes oh, and yeah. then they can pull them all around the screen so that it all goes in the right place so and you get a copy of that so you can look through it at the end and think, oh, right, okay. And then, you know, there's a, there's a follow-up meeting arranged so that you can discuss that a little bit more. So it was a very positive experience, actually. That's interesting. And Jane, you, you mentioned that you've done this not just as a practice, but as a PCN? Yes, yes. So we had the offer to actually do um, some work jointly uh, with the other practice that's in our primary care network, Gillingham Medical Practice. And, um, and really what we were keen to do is, um, we, which is not unusual at all, but two different organisations coming together, we've got quite different styles. Mm. Uh, we want the same things, but we do things quite differently. So in our practice, um, we are like magpies. If something's shiny and new, we get very excited and rush off and do it. And it kind of comes together and works very well for us. But for people uh, who are more detailed, who like to plan things, that's quite stressful. So um, what we did is use um, the sessions that we had with Time for Care in the Primary Care Network to actually tease out some of that, that it's not good or bad, either of those are okay, um, but actually just by taking some of the emotion out of decision-making, by agreeing what are, what are our objectives, how are we going to work, what's the structure of things, actually if we can get that detailed, then the motion isn't isn't in any decisions at all um and um they just handled it um really really well like sue was saying challenged us on lots of things on lots of the things that we think are true and real and saying oh so for our practice for example the things the priorities that we wanted to do everything was a top priority as it always is <laughs> has to be done in 24 hours and they sort of unpicked that and said well do you think that's realistic is it sustainable and um and made us actually realistically think well what is the really important stuff that we really need to focus on now as a primary care network so okay. i just think it helped enormously yeah so 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 when they um so obviously it helped having somebody objective coming in not knowing you or your practice so did you think it enabled the staff to say a little bit more of what they really thought because there was no no hidden agenda or nobody actually knew any more about them than you were prepared to all say at the time um i think i think no one knowing anything it allowed them to explain the current process mm. um which they did being very proud of the current process um, but somebody who hadn't heard that story before then starts to question well why do you do it like that um, and how have you thought about a different way which if I had done that it would have come across as challenging but because it was somebody who was asking for knowledge base it didn't come across like that so I think it is helpful that they don't know anything about and they didn't know anything at all about what we even wanted to speak about so, so it they takes came in completely blind 
So you can focus on the task itself and the work and it takes the yeah. people out of it so people don't get upset and feel yeah. personally attacked. Is that yeah. the same for you, Jane? Okay. Yeah, very very much so. So what you're looking at is is the process or the project or whatever it is and agreeing the fundamentals of that without some of the emotions or the personalities that normally clash when you're trying to get agreement because they're managing that for you so just enormously helpful and very refreshing I think um, I was I was really impressed with the quality of the facilitation that we had and they are still doing um, they're doing additional work with us um, as part of our work to keep the good bits out of COVID, they're working with our um, reception team in terms of signposting and we're having a session a week at the moment. Um, and again, that's that's been really helpful because, again, if, if, if one of our clinicians raises a concern about why did they put that patient in with this clinician or, or whatever, um, it never goes down very well and it's seen as very critical, but it's a valid comment to make. But what they're doing is they're getting the staff to think about those things themselves. There's GPs involved as well, but um, yeah, just really, really helpful. I thoroughly recommend it. Okay, so Jane, I know that you know when you apply for time for care. I mean, that, I think that's a fully funded service, isn't it? The process yes. is funded. So, but it's your time, isn't it? And, yes. and obviously, there is a cost in that. So, I mean, it sounds like there's probably a day or so when you had the questions and and you had to just trying to flesh out what the issues were going yeah. on how much time do you think of it, over sort of three months if you're sort of trying to get the receptionist and the sign that's being organized how much time are you personally as a practice manager having to put in to enable all this to happen so um so normally what they would do as sue was saying is they would actually physically work with you on the premises um and what we are getting is a very sort of condensed version of it remotely um, and our experience um, has been really good uh, with it being remote and I think actually if if they had said to us oh we're going to come and we're going to come for uh, six consecutive weeks for two hours or four hours or whatever it was we wouldn't be able to um, uh, work with that so um, the actual sessions that we started off with I think we had three two-hour sessions so that was for our practice and then probably similar for the primary care network. And as part of the work that we did, we wanted, extra, we asked them for extra support with the, uh, the reception team. And they're doing three workshops of about an hour and a half over the next three weeks. Okay. And, and Sue, whereabouts are you in this? And I know you're not at the end of this process yet, but how much time have you given and what effect have you seen at the end of it? Um, we did the same thing. So we had three two-hour sessions to start it off and get the plan. We then decided to um, abandon it because the nurse was not on the same page as everybody else. And we felt that the Time for Care team and I did liaise between us. And we both felt that there was a different agenda going on um, and that we should all step away and get try and get our plan together a little bit more and then go back. So I'm hoping to start up with them again once, um, you know, once COVID eases down and we know that we can start the process to actually have those conversations again because we were, we were going round in circles and that was not time for care's fault. 
it was the people involved. Um, but it has made those people think about the process. So even if, if nothing else, they have thought about the actual process and some of the things that were said in that meeting. It sounds to me like it has been really helpful for both of you to have mm. somebody objective coming in, assessing a situation, giving you pointers that actually, as a practice manager, you, could prob you could probably could have done yourself to a greater or lesser extent, but to have somebody coming in with a little bit more authority than you sometimes have, sadly, sometimes it makes that change easier to implement and it gets everybody on side in, this, in a sort of an easier way. Would you, would you agree with that? I think so, and I think it's the structure that you do it in because you would never set aside two hours to do something like that, would you? You no. would grab a meeting and kind of like try to <clears throat> try to get a little bit of it together, and then you'd abandon that, and then you'd come back to it and pick up where you left off. Whereas that was structured time that was in the diary that you knew you had to be there, and everybody attended, and you know there was no excuse why not, why anybody wasn't there. And, you know, you just wouldn't do that in normal no. practice, no. unfortunately. As much as we all know we should, you just we wouldn't. Don't. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Sue. I mean, it, I think we, we kind of said to everybody, if you are in the building on that day during these times, you will be attending. It's for everybody's benefit. And that, there was a lot of sort of kickback about that. But actually they did. And um, it, uh, like you say, it would never happen normally. You know, and it wouldn't happen that quickly either. It was really, really rapid. Um, they turn things around extremely quickly. Either that day or the next day, you get the the feedback from the sessions um, and what people have said, and um, yeah, and and, and the next steps. Yeah, and you've got the next session booked in, so you yeah. know. So there were some takeaway points that you had to work on yeah. um, and you had to have those up and ready for the next session so yeah. it was quite pressurized but actually if you really are wanting to make a change you do need that pressure otherwise you don't make the change because it drags on for weeks and months <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. yes and yes yeah okay well thank you Jane and so that has been really interesting so hopefully that will just um sort of kind of um, enlighten some of the practice managers to actually, this is a good system, they know their stuff, they can really help you, they can help introduce some change, and it sounds like they've got some very good sort of virtual ways of doing that at the moment. So don't just feel because it's COVID we can't do it, actually now might be a good time. Um, otherwise, a very focused project like the respiratory one that Sue had, or more of a sort of what can we learn from COVID and what can we take forward that Jane had, um, practice-wise or PCN-wise, um, and we'll put some information with this podcast um, on how to contact the Time for Care team if you're interested in taking it further. So thank you, Jane and Sue, our great practice manager supporters, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.